Welcome back to another episode of Echoes on Air. I am Janelle, and we are missing Chris, but we're sending him lots of love today um, as he is away with his family. Um, But I have some great guests in the studio and remote, so I kind of want to go through and introduce them, and then we'll get right into today's topic. Uh, Can I start with you, Jeff? Sure. Yeah. My name is Jeff. What do you need to know? (laughs) Okay. I'm Jeff. Okay. (laughs) I'm the token white boy. (laughs) Uh, Hey, my name is uh, Chris Ramirez. Hi, I'm Olivia de Guzman. And remote? My name is Justin Willis. I'm the Zordon of the group today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not because of of the wisdom, it's because I'm literally like in one stationary spot. I'm not with the rest of the cool power ranges right now. So (laughs) I'm super. I'm super excited already. (laughs) He's already said Zordon. You've already had the little (laughs) Rangers thing. Like we can actually end the podcast here. Thanks. Um, but today's conversation has been a long time in the making as we were talking before we kind of came on air. It was a long time in the making. It's been like, what, a year since we've really talked about having this conversation. Mm. So uh, we're going to talk about interracial and uh, intercultural relationships. Um, and I guess I kind of just want to ask you guys, you know, um, for those who are listening, when I first uh, started doing Echoes, I kind of came up with a long list of topics that I thought might be interesting. And then I just sent those topics out to my friends and family and people that I thought would be interested in talking. And this is one that you guys all put your name on. And so I'm wondering what drew um, any or all of you to this topic in particular? Well, for me, I think the the fact that I'm, of course, in a interracial relationship right now, but also uh, looking at my track record, it's uh, mostly been um, interracial relationships. And uh, it kind of made me take a moment to take a step back and ask, why is that? Um, What are some things that I have learned along the way? And what are some consistencies in those relationships? So that's what drew me to that topic specifically. I would agree with Chris. I don't, I've not dated within my own ethnicity before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that you live with every day and it's close to home. It seems like it might be kind of an easy thing to talk about. I guess mm-hmm. we'll find out. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, that's what drew me in. Okay. <laughs> I'm exactly the opposite. Uh, I, I mean, not like I exclusively only dated white women, but uh, I did exclusively date <laughs> white women. Um, and uh, my relationship with Olivia is my, my first inner multicultural relationship I don't even know how to say the words I'm so new to it but I'm not new to it we've been doing it in a while but like uh, yeah I have always been attracted to just whatever woman I, lo- I like women that's sorry but um, yeah I was wondering this is my first inter- intercultural relationship and it's been eye opening in a lot of ways so that's why I was ex- interested to add my uh, whatever your perspective, experience yeah. perspective just because it's been such a different thing for me I feel that with the conversation of interracial dating and intercultural dating that we're having now is sort of like an extension of the conversations that you would be having in an interracial slash intercultural relationship. Um, And I guess what I mean to say is like the dynamic lends itself to better communication. And like, for example, like if I were to bring, you know, homegirl to the States for the first time, 
you know, my mom, you know, I would have to sit her down and be like, okay, this is what you can expect. This is cool. This, you know, this might be new to you. And so the dynamic really lends itself to like a really dope conversation and ultimately better communication. And plus it's, it's fun. So. As a disclaimer, I've never dated outside my race. Mm. Um, but I don't know that I really just do a lot of dating either. So <laughs> I don't know if I really belong in that particular part of the conversation either. But um, I, I am also interested, like, but I've never been like, I wouldn't date. I've just, if it's always who approaches me. So if you're white and you approach me, if you're black and you approach me and I find you attractive, then I don't really, I don't think I've really given it a lot of, thought until sure. recently. Mm. Um, and so um, I am wondering for you guys, does the co conversation even come up <clears throat> for you guys? Um, or is it just kind of a norm? Like even with the people that you hang out with or um, even if they don't know who your significant other is, um, does it even kind of come up? Or perhaps when was the first time it came up? Yeah, I, th I think uh, for me and uh, uh, just disclaimer, my girlfriend's name is Kylie, so I'm just going to say Kylie from now on. Okay. Uh, so uh, I think for me and Kylie, it is definitely something that is a part of a conversation, but it's also a big part of our humor. Um, you know, we're both I Love Lucy fans, so we constantly play <laughs> off of the relationship of a Latino being with a white woman <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and we joke about it all the time. You know, one of our favorite gags is when uh, Lucy's trying to hide the kitchen from Ricky and he asks, hey, do you have any butter? And she's like, butter for what? He's like, butter for the toast, for the toast. And she says, butter on bread? I'll never get used to your Cuban dishes. <laughs> um, and we just, and we, you know, and we laugh about stuff like that, about, you know, our cultural differences. And um, and it's it's you know it's a thing that that we 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 talk about every day. And there's some some stuff that we still learn you know about each other every day, um, just in terms of you know family norms and uh, the way I may view certain situations and the way she views situations and why things mean so much to me and to her. She sees it, but she doesn't fully understand mm -hmm. the the depth that I am uh, receiving it with. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know that it's like deep, meaningful conversations consistently, mm -hmm. um, but it is something that is always at the forefront of our relationship. Um, and it's a part of our dynamic. Okay. I, I wonder how people respond to your relationship, um, like when they see you. Is there any... Oh, yes. I brought a story to the yes. podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love that you brought a story. <laughs> um, I, mean, I would agree with Chris and Justin about it being part of our kind of daily dynamic, and it's fun, and there's humor in it, um, mm -hmm. definitely. But here's my story. Okay. So Jeff and I were, um, we went to Cake Bar over off of Trinity Groves, and we had just come from dinner, and I went in, and they were about to close. I get my piece of cake and I go sit down with some coffee and I'm eating my cake and Jeff is um, figuring out what he wants, I guess. So he comes with his piece of cake to our table and he's like, hey, uh, can, can we go ahead and we should just take this to go. They're about to close. And I was like, okay. So I grab my things and we're leaving and he's acting so 
um, awkward. And I was like, what happened in there? So apparently um, there was this older black woman at the counter serving. Um, and we walk in and apparently Jeff overheard her say, yeah, and he brings in his light-skinned chippy right before we're about to close. Like some awkward, off-color comment. And it made him super uncomfortable because he's never... That's I've never, never once in my life yeah. <laughs> had an off-color comment even remotely directed towards me ever didn't even... And she was saying it to a friend. She wasn't saying it to, to me like in general. Yeah. She was saying it to the other person working there. I've never heard anything like that in my life before. And I guess I've been... I'm Filipino, so I guess I've been mistaken for black before, but it was just of such a awkward, weird mm. comment. And he was like trying to take me out of there like he didn't want me to know about yeah. it. And I was like, oh yeah, well, yeah, that's happened to me many Plenty times. times. Yeah. It happens a lot. Wow. To, it's no big deal. But Jeff was super put off. And it was just really, I don't know, really nice to see him, how he reacted to it. But that's, I think that's the one major weird incident as far as people reacting to mm. seeing us together. So like, not only did they get it wrong, but they but also yeah, got it wrong. But, but they got it wrong <laughs> twice, yeah. 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 It was twice wrong. Also... Chippy? I don't, I don't know. He's a chippy guy. No, he said bring his light skin chippy. I'm yeah. like, is that a... Is or chicky, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, what a, yeah, something. I have no idea what it... I don't know what that noun would be, but that's that's cool. That's <laughs> I mean... That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that, that, that reminds me uh, of some experiences that Kylie and I have had. Um, a couple of years ago, Kylie went, we all took a family vacation to Disney World, and Kylie went with my family. And you know how when you're in line and you're waiting to get on the ride, they're like, all right, one, two, three, four, and then cut it off right here. And they just kind of, <laughs> you know, a family of brown people. Right. And then Kylie's next to me, and they're like, all right, one, two, three, four, five, cut off. And then Kylie's like, sir, I, I, I'm with them. And they're like, ma'am, cut off. <laughs> Ma'am, they are clearly a family. You will go on the ride next. And we're like, no, 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 sir, she's with us. That white <laughs> woman is with she, us. She's our white woman. And, and they're like, oh, oh, okay. So, um, so that was on Toy Story the Ride, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ma'am, please stop. They are clearly a family. Um, so that was one story. And then a not as funny story. Um, Kylie was on, uh, she, she, was a, she was a history teacher for years, and they were on a Euro trip, and they were on a boat. And, uh, and then another woman that was like on the tour group, who was a white woman, uh, made like an offhanded remark about the Latino students, which were Kylie students, little did that woman know. And she like made a, made a comment about like, our people in general, she was like, oh, God, like Mexicans or, or something, or am I right? Or something like that. And, and Kylie just immediately shut it down. And, and she told me that, you know, it's, it's interesting how comfortable people feel mm. when they're like, you get me. Because right. you're, the, you're the only other white woman in here. Like, you understand what I mean. <laughs> and we can, we can throw that shade together. together. And, then, and then she immediately was like, oh, well, my boyfriend is, is Mexican. And uh, those are my students, <laughs> and she just and she just shut her down really quick. But I think that that's you know that's that's an example of of ways people react to um, an interracial relationship and how much assuming we make. In and general. also, 2019, ladies. Right, and also. <laughs> 
Jay, you were about to say something? Oh, I, I was going to uh, piggyback off of what uh, Olivia said in, in your story. Like, I feel that in, in Janelle, you know, you being the, the Black woman um, amongst us, you can, you can tell me if I'm accurate or not. But in my experience, what I've noticed um, is that some women who see interracial couples and things like that, or especially in uh, Olivia's case in that restaurant, mm. it seemed that the Black woman sort of, her insecurities flared and she felt justified in saying, oh, this, this alleged light-skinned woman, you know, she, she, she can just date whoever she wants, you know, the, you know, the colors in her favor. Mm-hmm. And maybe for the Black woman, it's not so much. And so for her, her insecurities were all over the place. And when she looked at Olivia, even though she was wrong, you know, right. like you're Filipino. Twice wrong, wrong twice. Yeah, exactly. yeah, twice wrong, but you know, we're gonna rock with it. Um, <laughs> that, I think that was her sentiment that she spewed onto you is that basically, I don't have that kind of, well, I feel that I don't have that kind of leverage and mobility to date outside of my race as you do. And so I feel some type of way when I see you and your relationship. Mm. I, th- I think, I mean, colorism is, and that's actually a topic mm-hmm. that we're, um, I'm super, guys, I ha- so this is the preview for if you happen to be listening to this episode, because I am super excited when I come back, um, my sister Tracy's going to be in town, um, and my, my sisters uh, and I are going to have a conversation on colorism, which I think is going to be super fun, oh, yeah. um, because... Uh, on the color spectrum, Tracy is fair skin, I'm in the middle, and then my sister Brittany is darker skin. But we've all had, I know that growing up, we've all had our own of course. Um, conversations with each other. Um, and so it's gonna be a really interesting conversation that I'm gonna be interested to hear what they have to say because they're also nine years younger than I am. Oh. Um, so um, it's going to be interesting, but I definitely, because we're having the colorism conversation and it's to me going to be this fun conversation for us to actually dive into, um, especially being raised by people in common. Um, I can't disagree with you that I feel like it is probably likely that this other woman's view of you was because you're fair skin. So you have mm-hmm. the ability to move between worlds in a sure. way that other people cannot. Yep. Um, so yeah, I can't disagree with that. And I, I wonder if, um, and uh, since, since you made me the spokeswoman of the black women people. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, I will pick up the mantle. Um, but uh, I, I will say that I do think um, I have a hard time because, you know, I I hate speaking for a group of people ever in life anyway. But I will say that there are a lot of times that there is um, a stigma specifically of um, black men dating other races um, by black women. So black women are like, really? You got your ish together, mm-hmm. and then you go to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is something that is often um, said or posted or um, whatever the case may be. And I think I think there are issues with that, vice versa. I think especially in this new um, black is beautiful, black girl magic 
type of this new resurgence um, that black men feel the same way when black women dates outside of their race. Mm. Um, but I think it's been a long, long, long time when black women see black men date outside of their race. So I wonder for you all, is that something that, because we've got several different um, culturals, uh, cultures and ethnicities represented um, on the podcast today, is there something similar that you've seen? Um, whether it's um, considered good or bad to date outside of your race, like, yeah. I, uh, I, this isn't a great thing. It's actually a terrible thing. But I think uh, people often associate uh, our relationship as one of, uh, what is it called? Like, a, I have an Asian fetish or that sort of thing. Mm. They fetishize uh, our relationship. And it's, it's, it's a terrible thing that I've, I haven't had anyone specifically say that. They always ask, so do you only date Asian women or that sort of thing? And it's something that has been difficult for me to work around. But as a white man, I have so much privilege. <laughs> what am I really crying about? <laughs> but it is uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't know if that's exactly the same, but it kind of, I think yeah. it's along the same lines. Yeah. 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 I think that, um, that in, uh, in the, Often, it's like there's 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 like two extremes, right? Like, and I'm talking sometimes in the Mexican culture, it's like either it is you stay with your people and uh, and you honor your culture, or the idea of colorism comes into play, and dating a white woman that is American gives you a gives you a different status on the colorism spectrum if that makes sense mm -hmm. in 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 a strange way it's like it's like oh um it's like yeah i'm i'm mexican but i'm dating an american woman and it's like oh oh okay so cool america you're you're uh, you know you're moving on up in the world yeah. <laughs> um so I, that that's those are some things that that I've that I've noticed, and you know, and just just things thing, th things that I've grown up heard growing up from different people around me, and there's there are times where I sit there and I wonder, you know, if that is somewhat engraved in you know ingrained in in my brain from just hearing it mm -hmm. for such a long time, and and trying to really ask myself questions and 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 have some intro perspective of. Uh, of why I make the choices that 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 I make, and uh, and I wonder, you know, when I look at my track, when I look at my track history, I'm like, oh, is there is there something to that? Like, is there is there a part of me that is so ingrained of like, oh, well, this is what this is what we do. Like, we we um, we we get with in uh, with with an American, so that um, so that we are not measly Mexicans, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to describe, but um, especially lower class Mexicans, it's like, you know, it, there's, there's, a, there's a pride of, yeah, I, I got with someone that is higher on the totem pole, quote unquote, than me. So I'm interested to know, I have two kind of questions, sorry, I have two kind of questions that go with that. Um, my question first is, what do those conversations look like that, that you have with yourself? Like, how do you, is there a, is there a point when, um, 
when that question comes up more often? Like, is there a certain situation that makes it come up or? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I think that um, the, you know, those questions come into mind when, when you're like hanging out with friends or whatever, mm -hmm. and then you start talking dating history and then you kind of take a, take a step back and then look at your dating history. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then that kind of sparks questions, you know, in the drive home or, or, laying in bed at the end of the night you know what I mean okay. um but for me that's um that's what it that's what it's been like as well as you know the more we talk about colorism and that um and 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 that effect that it has on cultures because I do think that it's I think that what I'm saying goes into hmm. the idea of colorism mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the whiter your skin is yeah. the more status you have yeah. the more important you are that bettering so, the race thing yes is. yes yeah. so so that so that um, that plays into oh if I get someone that has fair skin then that means that my status is higher mm -hmm. than than other people of my culture if that makes sense yeah. Um, and then my second question actually is, I'm interested to know, like when you're when you're talking about um, how um, it's looked at or how it's viewed, mm -hmm. would it make it any different if she was uh, like Mexican but not as in tune with her culture? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So like you're saying like, oh, I got myself an American woman, mm -hmm. so. Does that have to be white American? Can that be um, Mexican American, like of, of Mexican background, but not really in tune with the culture? Like right. super, do you see what I'm saying? Well, that's 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 an interesting question because, because then I feel like there would be backlash. Right? <laughs> because then it's like, oh, she's an American and she's one of us, but she doesn't understand us. So it's like you can't win. Yeah, so you, so, so you can't win. Then there's scrutiny. Then there's, then there's you know... Uh, and I got, I, I have so many friends that, you know, that, um, don't feel comfortable speaking Spanish, mm -hmm. um, because they know the second they do any Spanish speaker, anyone of the culture is going to say, you don't know our language, you mm -hmm. don't know our culture. Mm -hmm. And then they categorize them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's a tough place to be in. Um, because it's like you said, it's 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 there's there's no winning. It's, yeah, you, you're you're stuck in the middle. You're stuck in the middle. You are of you're of the culture, but you know you don't know the language or you don't know the the you know the cultural the things that come with the culture. Yeah. Um, then you're just an outsider, you know, and it's it's very it's very very difficult. It's very lonely. Oh, absolutely, too. absolutely, and you know, and um, me personally. You know, I, I grew up in a very Mexican household, but even then, there's some people that are more, quote, unquote, mm -hmm. uh, ingrained in the Mexican culture. And they look mm -hmm. at me and they're like, hey, white boy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, um, it's, 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 it's really interesting. It's really interesting when you have your own people kind of saying you're not, you know, you're not enough this or you're not enough that, which I think is something that we all can relate yeah. with, you know? It's funny, I talked about this on uh, the last episode, or I guess two episodes ago, um, where I had said, I remember growing up wanting to learn Spanish, shout out to Ed Gray, if Chris were here, he would do a plug for my daddy, um, <laughs> but Chris is that guy, um, but um, my daddy had told me, 
a long time ago, you need to learn Spanish because you live in Texas. And he kind of had his eye on it from when I was like seven. He was mm -hmm. like, you're going to need to learn Spanish fluently. And so I had wanted to, I grew up wanting to learn Spanish. Um, and then when I started kind of trying to speak it in high school, um, I was told by my friends they didn't want me to speak it um, because they didn't know how to speak it quite as well. Mm. Um, because of course I'm le I'm learning Castilian Spanish, right? right? I'm learning, you know, grammar. Right. Um, and so they, but it made them feel a particular way. And I, and um, actually I just had this conversation with her um, this past week where she said it was really an extension of what she was getting at home. Mm -hmm. So like at home, her parents were like, you have to speak English. We, we're not going to allow you to speak Spanish except for your grandmother um, who was Spanish speaking um, because we don't want you to speak it with an accent. But then mm -hmm. she also had other tias that would be like, well, um, you don't speak the language well enough. And it, it was just like this mm -hmm. thing. So then when she came to school and then she saw me speaking it and I'm this black girl who's speaking Spanish, it became a thing for her. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so interesting how language um, plays a part in that too. It's not just the, um, and I, I think that's also coming from my communication, my need to communicate with others kind mm -hmm. of thing, that language is this foundation, this foundation of everything that we're talking about, where you're talking about how, um, how people perceive your relationship because essentially they feel like you don't speak the same language, whether that's in culture or an actual language or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really interesting. And, and I, I feel for people like that because it is hard to like <coughs> walk that line. Right. How can you be anything enough if you're trying to be something oh, yeah. else enough? Mm -hmm. Especially for first-generation Americans. I think that's a whole other podcast. Right. We could talk. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Actually. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> and she writes it down. Taking notes. notes. to self. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think, yeah. I, yeah, you're probably right. That has a whole other layer to it. Totally. Um, do you think, what do you think is the reason? So, like, we kind of touched on it specifically with your experience within the Mexican culture, but... For anyone else, what do you think is the reason for any of the negative feelings or the negative towards towards the interracial yeah. relationships? I don't. From well, my experience, uh, I am first generation Filipino American, and I grew up where my parents did not teach me Tagalog fluently. Mm. They wanted me to only speak English because it was very important when they immigrated in the 70s, I guess, to to really integrate, right, mm -hmm. and to be as American mm -hmm. as you could. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I grew up in the suburbs, and I and it was diverse, and we had Filipino friends, and, and I had, you know, cousins, and, and all, but all of us kind of grew up in that same time in the 80s where we didn't learn it fluently. Um, and so we, in our very large family, I mean, there's a lot of um, I have a lot of white relatives and Hispanic relatives and a couple black relatives, too. So it really wasn't an issue for my family. Mm -hmm. And when I started dating in high school, like, my parents never, ever said anything about, mm -hmm. oh, why isn't, you know, you're the guy you're dating Filipino ever. So mm -hmm. for me, it was not an issue. No. Yeah. 
it was never even a conversation. Not within my family. Yeah. Okay. And so it's, yeah. Yay. <laughs> You're safe. <laughs> it's funny. I have a, sil- a silly story. This might lighten things up a bit. When I was young, I lived in North Dakota. That's where I'm from. Uh, so I was like 10 before I saw my first African-American person in real life. <laughs> I mean, Kirby Puckett played for the twins. I knew they existed. But like, yeah. um, no. Uh, so uh, there was people going around saying, we need to make English a national language. It needs to be our national language. But I had a lot of friends that spoke Dutch and a lot of friends that spoke German all the time. Mm. And I was like, oh. why are we making this a national language? German and Dutch, this is great. I had no idea, because there's, there's no Hispanic people up in North Dakota. So I had no idea that there was this whole animosity towards the, the Spanish language. Mm. No idea. I was completely flabbergasted that, that there was a push to make a national language out of English. <laughs> And for a completely silly reason. Right. And I mean, maybe I was young and naive as well. Yeah. That could also play into it. But also, yeah, I had, if you go to, you wouldn't, but if you went to the <laughs> National Buffalo Museum in North Dakota, the woman there speaks with such a German accent. You, I can't understand her. And I've lived around German people my whole life. It's so funny. Huh. And I so I honestly didn't see why are we making such a push for the national oh. language. Anyway, that's that's. <laughs> A clever little white boy. <laughs> Why do I gotta press one for English? <laughs> do you have one, Jay? Like, what's your what's your experience? Did your parents ever? Oh well, I mean, I remember my mom sitting down my uh, my ex, and she was like, "Well, my my ex is Colombian. I was gonna say was Colombian, but she ain't dead." Um, yeah, and so, she is still Colombian. Right, and she is still Colombian, yeah. So my mom sat her down and she was like, uh, have, you ever, have you ever dated a black man? She was like, no, I have not. And you know, my mom gave her that slow head nod of like, ah, okay, okay. <laughs> and so I think, I think what my mom was trying to get at was like, do you know what you info? Like, you know, it's in, in sort of like the nicest of, uh, of ways. Um, and that's what it sounded like and that's what it looks like for um i think black parents mm-hmm. um but some of the negative pushback and and you know chris you've mentioned some of that already uh janelle as well um yeah i i, I would get so people would look at me as like the uncle tom or the sellout or the coon uh because i, I was with that word it bothers me so very yo much. that joint oh my yes. goodness yo yeah, I mean, but they, that's that's what it looks like for me. Um, you say, oh, you know, oh, you got a, you know, you got a, you got a white girl. Okay, so I, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. And it's for me, I sort of like, I feel like I'm cornered in a way mm-hmm. to where I have to like explain to some black women um, that I'm like, okay, well, I, I guess I attract these people, which is cool. And I'm attracted to these people, which is cool because we can both connect. But at the same time, I'm, I'm very cognizant of the plight of African-American women or just, or just black women in, in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, knowing that the, the pool, I guess, if, they, if black women want to date inside their race, I think, you know, I guess the pool uh, in the in choosing is uh, a bit smaller than it would be. Cause like, if you want to find like a, if you want to find a good brother, no kids, never been incarcerated, um, you know, um, and yeah, yeah, all those, all those things on the checklist, then I think 
socioeconomically, then you're going to be searching for a bit longer than you were, you know, if you were to date outside your race and dating outside your race as a sister is a lot harder. So I think I catch myself trying to explain it's like me dating a white woman doesn't mean that I hate black women. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that. Does that, is that ever, because I, I absolutely, I mean, you know, what with me being black all my life and all, so I absolutely um, identify with what he's saying. Not identify, but I, I recognize what he's saying yeah. um, because I've heard it several times before. Like, oh, you know, he don't like he don't like black women. Like, um, and that's the assumption is that oh, well, if you dated one white girl, that's probably all you date. Um, and so I'm wondering. Do you guys, have you ever heard that in any other conversations that you've experienced? Is that a thought is like, oh, well, if you're dating this particular race, you must not date anyone else? No? no. That may be a black experience. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Could be. Yeah. You're thinking. I'm trying, I mean, you know, other, other than you know, when you're just kidding around with friends and they're like, oh, yeah. well, you know, well, they like, they like white girls. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, uh, but I can't, you know. More than a joke, you can't. Right, um, yeah. Even though it's not true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, yeah. Can't think of it leading into like a, a real, real discussion, if that makes sense. I think it's, so I think that's also another layer of it because within each culture there are, like you know, I I recognize what you're what you were talking about specifically with the backlash and then the improving of the race. Mm -hmm. um, but then I also recognize what he's talking about more because, of course, I have heard those conversations. You know, like like you said, you feel more comfortable within certain like or people feel more comfortable within certain conversations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know. Uh, uh, one of the women that I heard when I first started this, her name is Jill is Black, and she was talking about um, uh, revolutionary honesty, where she was talking about it's revolutionary to be honest and have, like, full-fledged so conversations mm -hmm. about, about things. Um, yeah. And what she was saying that would help a lot of the times is if we stop having these Black conversations in Black rooms and have those conversations in front of other people. Mm. Um, and I think it's interesting in terms of like uh, I'm, I'm familiar with that conversation just because I'm like, yeah, I've heard enough black women be like, yeah, you know, he don't like black women, or which is crazy because you know his mama black, and I'm like, yeah, we looking at him, we know his mama <laughs> black, like, <laughs> but um, there, it's it adds another like each culture, each ethnicity, or or what have you, it adds this other layer um, of of I guess prejudice on the interracial mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. So you have the external forces with, for example, at the cupcake shop mm -hmm. where people are looking at you outside looking in and then you have these other internal Force. forces. Um, what do you think, um, it, would you, could, yeah, go on ahead. that, I mean, as a white person, like the, the odds are obviously in my favor, right? I'm probably going to end up with a white, with another white person. There's just more of them than anybody else. Does that make sense? But like if I found somebody that was like, no, we only date white people, those are terrible people. You don't want to be around those. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's weird because that seems like terribly, terribly racist. Mm -hmm. And yet that's how I've lived my life. 
up until a few years ago. Yeah. So that's real weird. That's scary to think about. It all. wasn't like a, was it a, when you met Olivia, was it like a, I'm sorry, am I putting you on the phone? No, no, no. I, sh- I should have asked if there are questions. That, you no. know you know how like you see like people on movies, they're like, these are the questions you cannot <laughs> ask. Should I ask those questions first? <laughs> My bad. Yikes, I'm a horrible journalist. Um, but like, was there ever a thought or was it just like, oh, no, I she's am attracted cute. to her? Well, she is. She's real pretty. Adorable. That's all it was. It was, for that's all it was the for radio me. people. Yeah. <laughs> you are gorgeous. BT dubs. Uh, like yeah like in sixth grade the first girl I asked out was Dana Winters and she was an African American lady and uh, I, she was gorgeous and she said no but <laughs> so Dana if you found this I don't know how you found it but I still think you about it you broke his heart <laughs> we're at Silver Dollar City it was terrible but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah no it's just been like uh, uh, my AOL handle is me like girls I've had it since 1987 I was a junior in high school <laughs> You all can have that for information now. Because um, I do. Me like girls. Me like girls. And Wait, did you say when you were in 11th grade? Yeah. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> I did. And I do. <laughs> so really with Olivia, it was just like, I don't know what her thing. You can ask her the question. But for me, it was like, she's pretty. I want to talk to her. And I did. And then the rest is history. And she kept talking to me. And it worked out well. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, like, I, you know, the the funny thing is, is I, I also wonder if there are, like, even if they didn't have, like, these explicit conversations, if they had any conversations at all. So my mother has always been, like, if they love you and you love them and he treats you right. Like, one of the sure. things I remember her saying very, very clearly was I would much rather her have a white man who treats her right than a black man and hits her. Like, I would, I, I don't care what it is because there would be questions mm. where people... There are people in my family where I would say, oh, this boy is really cute. And the first question they would ask is, like, is he white or is he black? Or my other grandmother who says uh, gray. She doesn't say white people. She's like, is he black or is he gray? I don't really know where gray came from. It's just a thing. Um, Wizard. Yes. I don't. I have no. I really. I actually need to ask her that one day. I have no idea where gray came from. I also had another aunt who never said white. She'd say tall people. So she'd say, is he tall or is he short? And I'm like, there are so many tall people of all races. Why is tall wow, that's a real, synonymous? We can with- get real deep with that in terms of what does that mean in terms of status? Like, wait a minute. Sure. <laughs> is he tall or is he short? Um, so like, I, like, there were never questions like, why are you dating this person? Mm. But it would just be like this brief. Yeah, and it wouldn't it wouldn't go anywhere. Like I would mm. say, oh, he's white, and they'd be like, okay, continue on with the. It wouldn't mm. change what I said, but there was still a question. Yeah. Was that ever a thing, or no? Just me. It's cool too. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean I don't, yeah, they want to know. Our yeah, want yeah, to know. yeah. Okay. I also think that it's it's starting to become a generation thing. Mm. Sure, of, I agree. Of our our parents' generation. <laughs> It's still very common to, it, at any situation. Mm-hmm. Were they were they white? Were they black? Were they mm-hmm. Middle Eastern? Were they Asian? I mean, it's just like it's just a weird thing where I think that happens a oh, lot yeah. less with us. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just you know, um, like Kylie says it all the time. Like when um, when people tell stories. And they're like, so this black guy came up. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then Kylie's like, what did that have to do with the story? 
Oh my God! Why did you talk to Maria Denise Lee? Yeah, she's gonna be mad. I said that. (laughs) I should talk to Denise Lee. Why did Why did you have to mention that part of the story? Had nothing to do, you know. And you know, and she was in a she was in a car wreck a couple of months ago, and um, and she had told me how. She, you know, she called her dad to let her to let him know because the the wreck happened near her parents' house, and the 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 one of the first questions that the dad asked was, "Oh, what was he?" You know, mm-hmm. and it's just part of the just, just, just uh, a, yeah, yeah, and again, it doesn't matter. It's just it's it's a generation thing where mm-hmm. it's just what they ask, and I I think I told my dad, and I think he asked the same thing, you know, and they're in the same age range, you yeah. know, they're like they're like 60, 61, two year old mm-hmm. men of two completely different cultures, right? That felt the need to ask that, yeah. and kind of pigeonhole and categorize yeah. how they feel, right? Depending on the situation and who was involved in the situation, it's very strange and um, and and an interesting turnaround in terms of where we are culturally and how we. We react to things. I think categorize um, is the perfect one. Yeah. And if you grew up in that generation, that was labels. definitely a, yeah. a thing you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Labels mm-hmm. were important. Uh-huh. Labels were a big part of it. Mom used to make me, she would let me get through an entire, this is actually how I learned to not do it. And Tracy does the same thing. She would let us get through an entire story of telling something that happened at school that day. And if we used race, she'd say, so why did it matter that they were black? And we'd be like, uh, I didn't. <laughs> She'd be like, okay, great. Tell me the whole story again, but without saying that they were black. And we'd have to go back to the very beginning of the story. Mm. And that's actually how we learned to not do that. Mm. But it was a very conscious yeah. conversation that we used to have, which mm. I think is also interesting. I'm sure it would be something that I would have learned from, you know, like you said, your grandmother, was he black or is he white? Is he? Right. Or same thing on the news. If somebody shot up something, I feel like that still oh. happens. Like, oh, sure. you know, someone shot up the school. Was he white or was he black? Oh, you know, that's a the real school. thing. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> that, but like, that's, but that's no, the yeah. thing, no, right? Yeah. And there was one recently where it was, uh, it, was a, it was a Latino somewhere. And then I went, ah, oh, damn. Like, you know, it's just yeah. like, you you're, know, it hurts. It you're just everybody. like, man, yeah. you yeah. know, like, yeah. you're making it harder on our people. Yeah. Right? You know what right. I mean? Like, right. damn. Yeah. That's... So we still do it, but we do it for different reasons. Right. We still ask the question, but our reasoning is different. It's not because you're going to cohabitate with someone. What's up? Olivia gets me, though, all the time because she'll tell me a story and I'm like, that, and she'll be like, Who'd you imagine was in the story? I was like, I don't know, just a white guy. I always think it's always a white guy. And it's almost, the stories are never about a white guy. I need to learn that quickly. <laughs> Is it <laughs> weird that, yeah, when I tell stories, I'll be like, yeah, and then this white guy around white people. Because I want, I kind of want them to be like, yeah, I would have this said. This is what it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what it's like. Ah, yeah. That's interesting. Because <laughs> they're all, sometimes they're off put like, well, why did you say white? I just assumed that he was white. So why would you say it? Mm. <laughs> but, that's, but that's also interesting, right? Yeah. Because like, why do you always assume that someone is white? I, I, I see this when I'm, when I'm writing. Like my friend was like, so what, what race is he? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't really write him as a race exactly. I was writing the story there are some where the race is very important right but in some some situations I'm just like I like the name Isabel so she was named Isabel she could have been white black or whatever but sure. at the time Isabel was the name so right. that's what we're going with um, but it is interesting like who you imagine in the stories for whatever reason yeah. there's that other bias that kind of comes along with it um, do I guess 
Ooh, there's so many questions that are kind of coming off the top of my head. But do you spend your time with anybody in particular, like a particular race of people? Or is that kind of crazy? Because Dallas is kind of a, I mean, for people who are listening who aren't from Dallas, Dallas is, it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's pretty a diverse. pretty diverse. Yeah. I feel like, especially, you know, within the theater community, it's mm-hmm. it's so diverse. And I find myself hanging out with just a melting pot of yeah. all kinds. Same. Yeah. yeah. As long as it's not Chris, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's avoided me for years, and now he is stuck sitting next to me. And I guess that's a little different for you because you're in Colombians in Colombia. So pretty much everyone is like Colombian. Well, actually, no, because like we used to have our own set of friends too that were mostly expats. Exactly, exactly. And I think you know because of who you are and the dynamic and where you work and you know English being sort of your world that you construct through your profession, you sort of uh, attract expats. Um, What that looks like in my relationship with a white woman here is that it feels safer for us to just hold hands and rock and roll in Colombia, ironically enough, versus being in the States Hmm. where we might get a bit more looks or a bit more scrutiny as as Chris would uh, put it. And I I totally agree. Um, Yeah, I think I think that is important to know the dynamic around you and the dynamic that you sort of add to in, in your, your day-to-day because you need sort of a heads up. I guess for me, driving in Colombia is not so much driving while black, but in the States, yes. So if I have my girlfriend in the passenger seat, you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta pretty much let her know, like, yeah, um, I'm more likely, you know, for thing, you know, for something to go down versus her um, if she were to get pulled over. Hey, I have a question, Justin. So, uh, out of curiosity, how uh, in Colombia, what is the what is the dynamic, and h- how common is it for black for there to be black Colombians in your environment? Because when I think of Colombia, I think of a very in terms uh, like of you know we have some people that you would never guess that they were they were uh, Colombian because to us they just look like. Uh, you know, an African-American, but there is there is a black Colombian community, a strong one. And I just wonder what that looks like in your environment and how you fit into it with your partner. That, that's a that's a very great question. Um, I think I can count on my fingers and toes. I mean, you know, the, the amount of Afro-Colombians that I, that I come in contact with um, on a regular basis. It's not very uh, predominant in Bogota, um, which is I put the emphasis on Bogota because that's like the, the land of opportunity in Colombia. Um, most African, you know, most Afro-Colombians, they live in places like Cali or Buenaventura or Choco, um, more along the coast. Um, and so what that looks like for me and my girlfriend is that if we were to see an Afro-Colombian, they would most likely be a maid or an empleada um, is what they what they call it in mm. Colombia, um, or we, or at least in my context, I wouldn't be teaching a lot of Afro Colombians um, as well. And I and I like to ask a lot of my Colombian friends. I'm like, okay, how many Afro Colombians did you grow up with? I mean, the ones that look mestizo, more more European features. Um, and I ask them, I say, okay. How many, you know, Afro-Colombians did you grow up with? Did you have any Afro-Colombian friends? Did you date any? Um, 
And most of their answers will come back as, no, I didn't. And so there's a disparity between the sort of more desired European sort of Colombian culture and the Afro-Colombian culture here. Um, but yeah luckily, yeah, luckily for me and my girl, it's like there, there, are, there, are, there are a few Afro-Colombians in, in the church community. And so that's pretty cool to, to you know, be reminded that they're not all on the coast. My experience in Colombia is very different from yours. We've never talked about this before. <laughs> because uh, my experience is very different. I knew a lot of Afro-Colombians. Um, and I went to a lot of events with Afro-Colombians and doing a lot of, um, like, very many of the protests. Some events that I would go to here in Dallas um, because, you know, we don't own racism. It's all the places. So <laughs> it's the same. It's literally the same story. There was a very similar story of a um, of police brutality there that was kind of like their version of Trayvon Martin um, that happened there as well. Um, so um, my experience is different, but that's why I never dated in Colombia. That is the reason is because I didn't want to date interracially because of how I was perceived. So every time I was approached, and I've talked about this on the show before, but every time I was approached, it felt like a fetish. Um, every time I was approached, the assumption was I was an empleada. Um, my, I never taught Afro-Colombians. Um, I was friends with some that were in school, but in terms of, I was a private teacher, um, and so I never taught Afro-Colombians um, privately. Um, and then there were other things uh, that would be said, like um, like there's some kind of fable that says that you don't get to heaven unless you have sex with a black woman. And so my thought was, like, that's why you're here. Huh. You're here because, or within the first, maybe first two conversations, the guy would say, I've never, I've never had sex with a black woman within the first two conversations of me talking to someone. Um, and so it always made me super gun shy about dating. So I lived there for three years and never dated because I was terrified of what that would look like. Like I didn't think that I would be harmed um, in any particular way. But at the same time, my closest friend there was white. She's blonde hair, blue eyed, um, and had long actual relationships. Um, with Colombian men. And the people who would approach her would be like, yeah, I want to take you on a date. And at the same event, the people who would approach me would say, I want to take you home tonight. Um, and so it would be this very different feeling that I got as a woman. Mm -hmm. Or I would also be warned. Uh, the parents of my students would say, oh, be careful. If they're asking you um, for help, they really want to hire you as their empleada, but they want you to be their mistress mm. because they don't want to tell their friends that they're dating a black person. So what they do is they hire you as an employee, but you're really the mistress so that their friends, when their friends come over, you don't appear to be their girlfriend, but you actually live with them. Mm. So like my experience, and, I, and this is why I used to say to guys all the time, black men are winning in Colombia, but black women, if, unless you just want to have sex, which, I mean, cool, get it how you live. But if that's not what you're mm. going for, mm -hmm. um, it's a really kind of, like I always was very nervous about it. Like I would entertain you enough for coffee, mm -hmm. but I would be nervous to actually go on a date mm. for that reason. Um, which I don't, I, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, I know that it's not the only one. You you mentioned fetish in terms of 
the assumption that you have yeah. a, an Asian fetish or what have you, which is funny because I'm sure nobody has ever been like, hey, Olivia, do you have a white right. fetish? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> they look at me and they're like, what is she doing? That's what, <laughs> what do you hate that people ask you or say to you? People do ask me all the time. Go, yeah, go. go uh, ahead. What you are. And that's oh, yeah. something I've never in my life experienced before. So it was real strange. Um, and people get it wrong all the time. All the time. I'm in a show. I'm watching her in a show and somebody, an audience member mentions her what they you know and it's totally wrong and i don't know what to do mm-hmm. and no one's ever told me this is how you approach someone tell them we're wrong do you tell them they're wrong i don't even know yeah so like good friends will will they'll they'll let some time go by they'll be polite about it but then they'll, they'll want to know how where you know that that terrible question where is her family from or whatever like that it's it's just strange no one ever asks me am i german or irish or scotch no. I was going to say, maybe we should start doing that, just asking white people, so where, so where are, are you from? Are you? I wish you would. I really <laughs> wish you would. I did that recently. Yes? yes. What happened? I, uh, I said, so we were, we were at a house, and there was old pictures from, like, 1860, like, on their wall. And I was like, so where's your family from? And the woman looked <laughs> extremely confused. She was like, what do you mean? I was like, like, where did your family immigrate from? Like, where did, where did they immigrate from or migrate from? Um, and she was like, oh, like, when did they come to America? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and then Precisely. She was like, oh, um, uh, England. And then she like started to find answers, but like, I could tell that no one had ever, ever. asked her. So when did your family come to this country? Yeah. Because she was just like, I'm American. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh, what are you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no one ever asked me that. I we tell everybody we came over in the Mayflower because I have like one relative that signed the Mayflower Compact, and wow. that's something we'll tell people. Puritans, man. But yeah, uh, <laughs> so you can say that, but no one ever asks, "Are you are you Irish? Are you British? What does what, your last name mean?" You know, that's that's a good that's a good way people mm-hmm. code it. But no one's ever been like, "Are you German?" Yeah. So I also want to ask, I guess, more specific questions um, within any of the relationships that you guys have had. Um, And I kind of want to start with, do you, because we're talking about interracial, but obviously, specifically, there's Mexican culture, and there's Filipino culture, and there's Black American culture, all these things that are melding together. So do you guys find it hard um, or easy, as the case may be, to maintain the parts of your culture that you already have while being in an interracial relationship. Right. <laughs> oh, right. He had an immediate reaction. Like my head. <laughs> what happened? Sorry, I just yeah, like okay. So uh, my girlfriend now she she's white American from Dallas, Texas. Shout out to y'all. And I was just telling you, Janelle, that I, like, I feel like growing up as a black man in the States, I feel like part of the black experience is that you have to know in order to get by and like climb the ladder or achieve success, you have to know white American culture very well to maneuver and to sort of have access to more mobility. Um, and in that, there is sort of like an, like an unspoken requirement to assimilate in a way to white American culture. And what that looks like is the way you sound, words you use, or vernacular that you don't use, the way you dress, 
what are jobs you apply for, the way you know your employees interact with you, um, obviously who you date, things like that. But I honestly, I've found parts of myself being lost in that, like not using as much vernacular as I would in the States, mm. um, you know, just to make my uh, communication a bit more effective to the recipient and also be taken seriously as well as a professional. Um, so in that way, I'm just like, dang, is there a happy medium where I can like just be and be accepted and not lose myself? So I'm still on the road to that, you know, trying to navigate those waters. It often feels like no. It often feels like no for me, but like having to maneuver those things. Cause then you still have this thing that you were talking about. Are you white enough? Are you black? I mean, like, are you, because, and we talked about this on the voiced episode too, where I was like, I constantly grew up, I wasn't black enough. My mother required that I used proper English, shout out to mom. Um, but like, yeah, that was a requirement. Like, I mean, that's fine. You want to talk like that with your friends, but when you're talking to me, I need to ensure that you know how to speak well, um, and that's important. But, you know, when I went to school, because this is how I spoke at home, it's, it, again, with communication and language. It's another language. So the way I spoke at home is how I spoke at school. And then they were like, oh, this white girl. And I was told, no, black, black guys aren't going to date you because you don't sound like a black girl, you know, or stuff like that. Like, I was told those things, too. Um, so... I often feel like the answer to that would be like, no, you, it's, it's hard. I mean, I'm sure that they're, I guess the way is, is that people would stop saying <laughs> what they say. It's not anything that you can do to fit in. It's that there's no end to fit or like that we remove right. whatever that end right. is to fit. Right. Um, but for You're like, right. yeah. What about for you? So I don't know much about the Filipino American yeah. culture. I've I always I mean, try to learn, but similar assimilation of mm -hmm. what I already said earlier is important. But um, there's I do like that there's a certain amount of like cultural pride, and if you are right. not dating someone who is Filipino, you get to share right. those things. Like my mom loves to cook for Jeff and mm -hmm. loves to be like, does Jeff eat this? Does Jeff like this? <laughs> Do you think he would like this? Like she really has a good time like doing that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and so that I think is a really great thing that you get like instead of kind of feeling like you're losing your identity, it's kind of like check this out. Check yeah. out this Filipino magic thing. And so many to be like, oh, that's cool and different. And it's, that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with Olivia. I think uh, my, my answer was almost exactly that, 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 that you almost gain more pride mm. when you're dating someone from another culture because then you have the responsibility and the fun of sharing it. Mm. And when I said earlier that, you know, I asked myself, why is that the case? That's also an answer that I've come up with mm. is I think there's something to, sh I mean, culture is meant to be shared. I mean, I, I firmly believe that. And I think that there is something so exciting to humans about sharing their culture with yeah. other people and introducing them to mm -hmm. things um, and teaching them your language or whatever it may be. And, um, and I think that there's something exciting there that um, has made me gravitate to people, to, to dating people that are not um, of the same culture as me. Um, but yeah, I've, I've found... Um, that when I'm put in those situations, I I lean into my culture more than I would uh, if I was with people of the same culture. Like you know, growing up in in 
a low-income neighborhood where 98% were Mexican, similar to you, I was I was the white boy mm-hmm. of the group, right? Mm-hmm. But then when I went to college and I went to Baylor, and all of a sudden I was the only Latino in the theater building mm-hmm. or one of three, you know, mm-hmm. and one of the very few on campus, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I, I felt this responsibility to like to embrace it even more so if mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um and feel more pride in talking to the people that um that do speak your language um wherever you can find it mm. because it's hard you know yeah. when you're in a campus like Baylor like it becomes difficult to find someone that can speak your language and when you do it feels so good sure. um so i think that that's an effect that that interracial relationships have had on me is it's it has allowed me to embrace my my culture more so than if I was dating another Mexican and in, in a strange way in a strange way yeah. yeah but it's such a beautiful way I think of looking at it because it does it makes you it sounds like I don't know but it sounds like it makes you want to hold on to those bits so that you can share them yeah. or mm-hmm. um, it makes you want to kind of hold on to these little pieces so that there is a time that you're like this is something we can share together look at this this is sure you yeah. know so that's I think it's a beautiful way to look at it I am curious what is her mom cook that you like the most <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I love food, as you can probably tell. Um, but uh, there's a Brazilian dish called feijoada, which is my very favorite dish of all time. Mm-hmm. And then there's a Filipino dish named uh, adobo, which is just as good. And I love it so much. And I never had it before. I met Olivia. <laughs> and Olivia made me a adobo, and her mother made me adobo. And they never made enough. They could never make enough <laughs> of it. Um, there's a dish called sinigang, which I love. And I probably said it wrong. But you got it. Oh, yay. Good job. Uh, Huzzah. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, but it's it's not just like the main the big dishes like you know the dish it's what I love about your mother is that she 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 gives me just like homey dishes like you know you can tell dishes that are just what they would what 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 her family would eat and it just I I get hmm I'm sorry I'm stumbling as a white guy uh often we we embrace uh, uh other cultures uh, through a, through a spectrum, through a scope, mm-hmm. uh, I, I collect African art. I collect uh, African masks. It's mm-hmm. really exciting for me, um, and I like it. And I like it as that is this thing I do. When I'm dating Olivia, though, I'm like it's in my life, and it's something completely different. I'm not looking at it. I'm actually experiencing it, mm-hmm. and so it's a it's been a really wonderful thing. Uh, just the food, but also just like how you live the your experience life. Experience with it. Yeah, it's it's been wonderful. See, my mom, like any other ethnic mom, loves. Sh- like, as soon as you come into her house, it's yeah. like, let me cook you food. Let me cook you something. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and do you want Ka- something to eat? Right, right, right. And Kylie's kind of basic, so she, <laughs> so she s- doesn't like the. Uh, it's so bizarre. She, like, I give her authentic Mexican food, and she's like, ah, oh, oh, I can't. But she like eats up Tex Mex. You know, it's like it's like that's one of the moments where it's like, God, you're white. You know. Um, so, so my mom, you know, when we come over, uh, adapts her dishes to, to Kylie so, nice. so much so that I think that like, it's kind of like had an effect on my mom. She's like, what? Like someone doesn't want like the other dishes. <laughs> so I had, um, one of my, 
now very, very good friend, former ex-girlfriend for many years. Um, uh, she's married and has children now, and she was in town, and she brought her... Uh, she brought her little girls, and one of the things she wanted, she was like, hey, I really want to have dinner at your mom's house and have your mom meet my little girls. She dated a white man, so her little girls are are, are pretty much white. And uh, and I called my mom. I was like, hey, so just a reminder, we're going to have dinner tonight with the family. And she was like, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to make macaroni and cheese. And I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> and she was like, well, because... Her little little white girls isn't that what they what they like? <laughs> and I was like, Mom, I I genuinely think that they're going to prefer like the authentic Mexican food over the mac and cheese. And she was like, Oh, okay. And then I told Amber the the mom the story, and she laughed so hard. She was like, Yes, believe me, we would have preferred the Mexican food over macaroni we can and cheese. Literally have mac and cheese. And I said, I said, Well, way to go, Kylie. You scarred my mom. <laughs> way to go. <laughs> Um, do you, so like within sharing, I guess, within those moments of being able to share, um, your culture, were there times that you found that you assimilated more to the other person's culture? Like, are there certain things that you think you lean more into one way or the other? I, I think, again, it, it almost makes me lean further into mine yeah. and then accept the differences. Okay. Um, also, d- super important thing: accept the difference, ye- like, like, like appreciate the difference. Yeah. The difference, right? And and you know, and just in certain norms that I like may not understand, but I'm you know try to be respectful of finding a, a common ground. What yeah. about you? I I think I identify as Filipino American mm-hmm. first, so it's almost like. Jeff's culture is mine too. Yeah. In a weird way. So I think they kind of bleed, for me personally, they mm-hmm. kind of bleed together seamlessly. What are the parts of your culture that you think are more Filipino? Like, is, is it mostly food or is it... I always feel like I, I think people usually lean toward food because it is so, such a yeah. social thing. Mm-hmm. Of course. So mm-hmm. the first thing you think of the is like... Uniter, yeah, the yeah. Equalizer, yeah. 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 Um, food... I mean, expression, expressions, idioms, or language. Uh, I don't knew that. I, I don't Our know. plants. Our plants. Yeah, I mean, it's silly, but we have we have a little downtown oh, area. Oh, sure. And uh, we have a couple terrace. of East Asian plants that I really love, but I would never want to pick them <laughs> myself. And it's a silly thing, but our plants. <laughs> yeah, it's but no, that it, but it's also so simple. It's sure. it's which I think is also super beautiful because it's just something so simple that I would have a plant is a plant to me, <laughs> right? Until you're like there are these special plants and I'm like, "Oh, really? What are these special plants?" Like what mm-hmm. it's that is sure. a really cool thing, I think. What do, Jay, what do you think? Oh, no, um no, I mean, you know, to to add to what you were saying, Chris, like I think for me, my my own conviction is like, I don't want to bring up our differences in sort of an accusatory manner. Um, And so what you reminded me of is like to celebrate the difference. Um, And I think that that is a part of the relationship as well. And that can happen in many different ways. And that's when it gets really, really fun. yeah, but yeah, like I, w- I was saying earlier, you know, I I found myself assimilating um, a bit more. So I guess in Colombia, not so much in in uh, in my relationship. 
Um, but if I were to meet her folks back in Dallas, um, yeah, it's like, you know, um, she would tell me to be myself. And in my mind, I'm like, to what extent, though? You know, like, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, all right, you know, do I just, you know, kick it about this, that, and the third? Or, you know, because I'm not just any regular guy. Like, I'm, I'm the one who's, who's dating, you know, their daughter or their sister or, you know, something like that. So, yeah, I still see that line and feel that line. I guess it's just a matter of, like, comfortability for me personally. Um, have you... Have all of you, okay, so you're in interracial relationships now and intercultural relationships now. That particular, you already said that um, this is your first interracial relationship, Jeff, but like for the rest of you, you've had other relationships, I think you've all said, that were interracial. Has it always been the same race? Like, Chris, have you dated someone other than white women? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. So do you think... Um, that dating different races are different. Because I think right now we've all been kind of talking about your current relationships, uh -huh. but in terms of your other experiences where you've dated yeah. other different races than your current one. Yeah, I think um, dating different cultures more specifically is what's it's what's more um is where you feel the difference a little bit more like when i've when i've dated um when i've dated other mexican women um there's the you know the teaching aspect's not there mm -hmm. um but there's but there's a fun in sharing the culture right mm -hmm. um and then um yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that it's easier or harder, but I think that it would um, it would definitely be a completely different experience because as as I mentioned, so much of my experience has been sharing mm -hmm. culture, mm -hmm. so it would be being on the other end if that makes sense. Okay. Like 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 being on being on the receiving end. So it would be it would not be challenging. I, I don't think. Um, but I think that it would be it would feel very different because I am now on the receiving end of of really learning a different culture, right. um, and I and I find so much excitement in that personally. You look like you had a, oh, yeah. a response as it's, well. No, exactly. I totally agree. Uh, so, dating a white man versus like a Mexican man. Um, and hanging out with their families or, or with them, right? It's yeah, it is on more. You're more on the receiving end, mm -hmm. and I think because you also identify as American, we think white American culture is the. I don't want to say the standard, but the it's the dominant. The dominant. It right. is the dominant culture. So yeah. because we're already those are things we already experience as Americans, mm -hmm. right? But then if I, you know, the the Mexican guy I've dated, like. Yeah, authentic Mexican food is amazing. It was mm -hmm. mind blowing. Yeah, mm -hmm. so those things you're on the receiving end. Exactly, mm -hmm. I agree. So it's not harder or easier, but it's it is it's very just different. different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I have a, ask a question? Yeah. When you are dating someone and you you have a different culture, do you both bond on that? Is is there any sort of acknowledgement of that dominant white American culture between the two of you, or are you? Focusing on your single cultures and experiences. My my experience my experience has always been that the person I'm dating usually um, 
<laughs> you know, when, when it has been white women, they often kind of make fun and poke fun of their own mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they're like, well, we're boring and we eat sandwiches for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, and then so oft- oftentimes it's like, it's like that, where they're just like, well, like, I don't have a cool culture. Like, my. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff loves to go, I'm white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oftentimes it's very self deprecating in my experience, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, no, but I mean, if you were to date a. Uh, an, an Asian person or uh-huh. a person of a different persuasion, would you, do you find commonalities in the white experience still? Or do you, do you kind of hold on to what you're, what you know best? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I, I mean, I would only imagine that the conversations that we would have is us finding common grounds of like cultural similarities. Like, oh my God, in my culture, we do this. And it's like, oh, funny, that's what we call it in this. And then, and then bond over that. I could only imagine that that's, what it would be, um, and then the excitement of trying it out, and you know. It is also funny that, like you said, it's too. A lot of times we do the same things; we just call it something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like right, right. you know what I mean. Like soul food. When soul food came out, it was back in God. I'm showing my age, but when soul food came out, um, <laughs> it was like it was the movie because I was like, oh, like. They have a big mama. Uh-huh. I too have a big mama, mm-hmm. and like so, there's this thing across um, black culture. But then you can go to really any all of my friends, um, not all, but a lot of my friends growing up were Mexican American. It's like you, you knew that when it was t- when it was family dinner time. Oh, it was about to go down. There were nine thousand people that are at the house. Right. Everybody right. was eating. Everybody was there. You saw everybody's tia or whatever, yeah. and it was super similar to sure. Black American yeah. culture. When you got there, and you're like cousin so and so and uncle so and so, and all these people came over to the house that you hadn't seen yeah. for the whole week. You knew it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You just call it something different. Yeah. yeah, I will say one thing. I don't. It, it, one thing that I've found, you know, eating with, uh, with like Kylie's family or whoever is like our dinner practices, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, like in my, like in a Mexican house or like in, in my house, like the guest will never get up and serve anything themselves mm-hmm. or anything. <laughs> I mean, it's like you sit down on the table and you are served. Right. You, like, you are a guest, and we will serve everything to you. Don't get up. We will put all the food. What do you want? We will put all the food in the plate, you know. So that was a culture shock for me, you know, going to, like, white girlfriend's house. And then being like, all right, dinner's ready. Go get it. And then I'm like, what? <laughs> and then and it's just like, and then everyone just, like, lines up, you know, and then, like, put stuff on their plate. You know, and, and, and it, it was always like, oh, it's not going to be given to me. You know, it's like it's just like small, small yeah. stuff like that. Um, that is that is always interesting. Since, you know, you told me that uh, these these great folks uh, in your room, um, you've met through theater. Yes. The theater world. In here, theater yeah. world. OK. Yep. Um, <laughs> are, OK, this is this is um, this is a question for you guys. Um, with regards to like interracial dating um, and intercultural dating and things like that, what kind of plays or films or books or things like that um, would you all consider as a go-to for like this captures the experience? So, like, so like films like Save the Last Dance come to mind for me because it has a lot of pretty dope, relevant um, content or dialogue in it when it comes to uh, my dynamic you know, black man dating a white girl. Like, are there any plays that you guys have been in? Um, any books you guys have read or 
Um, aside from Echoes of the Struggle, um, <laughs> by Janelle Gray. I see what um, you did there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Shameless plug, one more game. Right. Um, what have you all come across that you would say, okay, this is a good go-to like when it comes to like the performing arts related to interracial dating and things like that? Uh, I, I, I don't remember. I saw it once, but I remember Spanglish really impacting me. I loved that and me, movie And me really... I literally, I only saw it once and it was like 2007, eight when it came out. Yeah. But I remember thinking like, man, this is nailing it. Like this, this gets it, you know, in terms of the Spanish community and the white community and, and, and how they're clashing. I, I honestly, I don't even remember the plot, but I just remember sure. that it felt, um, it felt right. I will also say one thing that not necessarily that I like, agree not that I connected with but I was like oh man this is an important question to ask and it's like so like under the radar there's uh there's an interracial relationship in In the Heights and a relationship that is almost never talked about is uh uh black and Hispanic um and Nina gets with Benny who is a black man and uh and the father um you know Lynn doesn't outright say it in the script. He makes, you know, you could watch it and just think that it's about status yeah. because she's she's going to college and she's smart and Benny is not going to college and he's like, yeah, he's older and he's, therefore he's not smart and he, he's not educated. So throughout the, the show, you kind of get the idea that her father doesn't approve of him because of his status. Um, and then... At the end, somewhere in Act Two, he says he will never be one of us, and um, and I remember sitting in the audience and being like, "Oh, wow. I mean, number one, yes, this happens so often. Number two, this is never talked about. <laughs> number three, I was so impressed in how it was written to the point where, unless you know." Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like yeah, because yeah. other people will probably watch it and they're like, oh yeah, he's like, it's it's a saddest thing. But right. again, and so much of in the heights is this, but like when you're watching it and you're of that culture, you like you get it. You're like, I get that. Like I, I fully understand that moment of he's not one of us. You know? And it's a dark side that is not talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Lynn put that in the show, un that underline in the show, yeah. I really appreciated. And again, it goes back to colorism. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so I have this thing with This Is Us. Um, my mother will be happy, so I don't have to be disowned anymore because I resisted watching This Is Us for so long. Um, and now I'm writing my thesis on it, so go, uh -oh. right, go figure. I'm totally gonna be a complete blubbering mess for the next year <laughs> and a half because this show is like tearing my world apart. But last night, well, not last night's episode, the episode that I watched last night, it was something super like under the radar, but so overt to me. Mm -hmm. um, and it reminds me of, of what you're talking about where, um, spoiler alert, if you haven't, Watch This Is Us, so just for 10 seconds, stop listening. But, um, but like, her mother gives her adopted son, her adopted black son, a basketball. Like, her adopted mm. black son is sitting here trying to show her about, like, the science thing that he's doing. He's, like, the smart one of the three of them. Like, he's clearly the egghead of the three of them. Everybody knows that he's the nerd of the three of them. But 
the mother keeps giving him a basketball and like, oh, everybody should have something they're good at. Yeah. The dude is a mathematician. He's nine. Like, so he's got something he's good at. But she kept giving him this basketball. And finally, she says, Mom, you're a racist. Like, and it's something so mm. under the radar that, like, before, like, in my head, I was like, I, and again, because thesis, and I'm, like, dissecting parts of it. I'm like, did they really have to put the words mom, you're a racist there. But it also told me, like, I got it. The same way right. there was that one little line in Lin-Manuel, in, in the Heights, where he says, you'll never be one of us. Sure. And I'm like, you didn't really have to see that. Like, I right. kind of got that throughout the mm-hmm. show without right. you actually having to say it. But for some people, mm-hmm. because it's so under the radar, mm-hmm. you kind of have to say it. Like, this right. is what you have to spell it out. This right. is the reason. Right. So that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I kind of disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> so there's a thing I don't know if you've heard about. It's called white privilege. And, <laughs> and uh, we take offense to whenever we can't be one of us. Like we, we, we like mm. it affects uh, white people when we're like, no, you'll never be one of us. And we're like, well, why not? We can be everything. That's what yeah. a mother and daughter told us. <laughs> you know. So uh, I think. I think it's. I think it's because I felt it when Lin Manuel. I haven't seen, but when Lin Manuel says you'll never be one of us, it, it hurts as a white person. He's like, yeah, that's what it's like. And I think that if he hadn't said it, we wouldn't, as a white person, connect. And Broadway audiences are probably often somewhat white, mm-hmm. so I don't think mm-hmm. we would connect it. But when we do, when he says it out loud, it needs to be said. It needs to, for for, for to a hit, specific audience. Yeah. It needs to be said, and then we feel. Really badly for Benny. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're just like, yeah, you don't, you don't deserve her. But because that the cultural thing happens, we're like, oh, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. That's what switches it from being yeah, yeah to no. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and it's also interesting how different audiences hear it, right? right. Because right. because you heard it at that moment, but I heard it the whole sure. first act. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right. I heard it in some sort of way yeah. the whole time. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but that's the moment. And so it's also interesting, like whatever whatever you bring to the table with whatever your cultural experiences or ethnicity is, you tend to hear dog whistles. Uh-huh. Sure. Um uh-huh. You know, at different times, um, Guadalupe in the guest room. I thought was I don't know if you've read this, oh, but when I saw course. it at Water Tower, of course. Yeah. I, I, I made I, I brought Kylie to see it. I saw it twice because I was like, "You, we need to see it this was together." So good, and it was and it was kind of Spanglishy. Uh huh. Um, yeah. and that um, it, it it is dealing with someone who only speaks one language. Yep. And the other person only speaks the other language, but there's still this this communication barrier, which is yeah. really interesting. So I I loved that show. That's right. Um, and then I just finished. And forgive me if I'm late, if I'm telling you guys something that you guys have already known about, but it's uh, The Namesake is a book. Um, I can't think of the author, but I'll put it in there. I just finished it on um, audiobook recently. Um, and it, what reminded me of that is when you were talking about the dinner experience, there mm-hmm. is a scene where um, he is Bengali and he's, he's talking about the difference between eating with his white girlfriend's family and how they all come to dinner and like their bathrobes and like haven't showered and they're just sitting around like you know whatever hanging out and chilling and then like there's this level of like 
almost grander for like like the mother has to like serve all these things on a plate and she's yes. already completely dressed and yes. she's already showered and and like she would never dream of coming out unshowered and and everything and serving food that way mm-hmm. um so it's also super interesting to hear those different like, like to see those yeah. different things play out there's also in the in the subject of dinner, and I don't know if it's a cultural thing or, but I don't know. My friend, my friends, and Kylie say it's a cultural thing, but um, like having dinner and then finishing your food and then not moving, mm. and like enjoying each other's company and having conversation, yeah, and like yeah, spending quality time, <laughs> uh, because like Kylie. And uh, so many friends growing up who always are white, so that's why I'm, I'm just saying, like, maybe it is a cultural thing. It's like, all right, we finished eating. What? We're out I'm of going here. To my well, room. Yeah, right. see you later. You know what I mean? Or, or even if you go out and you're, you know, at a restaurant, it's like, all right, we finished eating. Check. We're out of here. Where? And then, like, when my white friends would come and eat with my family, it would just drive them crazy because we eat. And then we just sit and then we just discuss for another hour and a half or whatever it may be, you know, and they're like, God, it's been forever, (laughs) you know, um, and that's just, I don't know. I just wondered if it was a cultural thing, if it was just like a my family thing, but it's like, it's just very common to like eat and then stay there and then not, not jet immediately yeah. after you've finished eating. I always felt like that in Colombia because it was so common to eat and then like they would always offer you a coffee because you're supposed to talk over coffee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and maybe that's maybe, maybe, so maybe it is a, a cultural thing because I mean, we're also such a family unit based, you know, we, uh, Outside of dinner, it 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 really blew Kylie's mind and, and other people that uh, I lived with my parents until I was twenty eight, mm-hmm. um, and it didn't it wasn't like you're living in your parents' basement. It was like a no, this is very yeah. normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was me, my sister, her husband, and my parents all living under the same roof, yeah. functioning like a regular Mexican family. And Kylie would be like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, could, I could never, yeah. you know, or, or, you know, or so many people are like, yeah, so does that be like, do you feel like a failure because of that? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm paying half the shit. I'm paying half the bills. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm helping my family sure. because we're a unit. Like we all work together. It's a functioning machine. Give you it know? about ten years. The way uh, the way apartments are costing <laughs> yeah, around these. Yeah, yeah. there are going to be a lot of eighteen-year-olds, twenty-eight-year-olds uh, oh. living with their parents. So right. give it a minute, because <laughs> I was like, dang, because I I do fight that. I I you know after moving back, I was like, I can't live with my dad. I live with my dad. I'm in my thirties. Like I, I I was like, I'm a complete failure. Mm-hmm. But culturally. Like, again, living in Colombia, my students who, my two of my students who just got married, just moved into, like, they're actually currently moving into their apartment right now, Mm -hmm. and they're late 20s, and that's early for some people, you know, so, like, it is a a weird thing. I have a question um, specifically about within um, interracial dating and actually, this is not my question. I think, Justin, this is yours. Is there a presumption of, like, colorblindness because you are dating someone um, of a different ethnicity or race? Like, is there, do you, or do you tend to think, like, oh, well, they surely, like, okay, let me just simplify this the most I can. And you jump in, Justin, if you have a different view of the question. 
oh, I can't be racist. I am dating a black girl. Oh, I can't be racist because my so-and-so is, like, my boyfriend is this. Like, have you thought, like, go ahead. Olivia's checked me a couple times on some things that I've said. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. Yeah. Uh, but I'm talking too loudly, sorry. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, race is a, a, a common conversation we have. And uh, my privilege is in check often. Like, so that is, I don't know if it's like, I, I'm, I'm appreciative for it because I'm a dumb white guy and it's going to happen. Uh, but I don't think everyone assumes that Jeff Bur- I think everyone assumes because I'm with Olivia, obviously, I'm just colorblind. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and colorblind is such a weird term nowadays. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... I'm not colorblind. I really enjoy being with a person. That person happens to be X, you mm-hmm. know? And so uh, it's a strange question, but I definitely know that race is a conversation that's constantly going on. Yeah. And if it doesn't constantly go on, then there's obviously something uh, that you need to work on. Yeah. I think it's also um, exacerbated. Maybe that has a negative connotation, but it's also enhanced by what's going on in oh, yeah. in, in our American yes. mm-hmm. in the news and yeah. everything going on right now. So everything that goes on, what's making headlines, race wise, also we talk about a lot mm-hmm. because we have those different perspectives. Right. Yeah, and and, and I would I would equate like the you know the phrase I'm dating a black woman therefore I'm not racist to the same thing as but I have black friends mm-hmm. um, I think whether we like it or not racism is so deeply rooted into all of us mm-hmm. and of we are and we are we are trying to change that mm-hmm. but it is so deeply rooted that we just can't avoid it it's unavoidable yeah. you know it's 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 in our DNA at this point because it's such a conversation that is happening uh, on the daily news yeah. and 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 everything. So and we're not that far removed. Yeah, no, we're, yeah, like like forty years, right? Yeah. I mean, not. I mean, it's, like it's almost like last week. Like it's insane. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's, like, it's it's insane. Yeah. Like it's it's insane. So I, I I would say you know if that was the case that it would you know it would it would sound as ignorant as but I have black friends. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I also feel that like. Racism kind of probably, I don't know, I'm not a neuroscientist or anything, but we probably, in order to survive, there was some sort of tribalism that happened as early as young, early humans, right? We probably said, these are the people we know that we can trust. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this racism probably ties into those early, early, early pre-Cro-Magnon mm-hmm. man kind of ways. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so difficult to, to tear ourselves away from it. And it's not something you can unlearn. It's just going to be time. Yeah. There's something I saw that said something very similar uh, to that. It was really a, yes, you are a genius of grand <laughs> proportions. Um, no, it was a, a psychologist who basically said that it is in our nature to group things. Yeah, like that it's is your tribe. That's yeah. that is how your brain works. So as humans, you group things together. Like these are things that I can eat. These are things that I can't eat. These are oh, things really? that I can do. These are things. So it's in your nature to do that. Um, now, how you learn to do that, I, I suppose, is where 
society comes in Mm -hmm. is like how society has taught you like these are the people you can trust like you can trust you know all these people of different ethnicities but that cat with the hatchet like maybe not so much you know what I mean Um, which I say that but there was really somebody with a hatchet that like in Garland I went to go drop something off and they literally hit like a gas line off 190 so like literally dudes are out here with hatchets but anyway i digress i was like who procures a hatchet that's not a lumberjack welcome to texas like right 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 but also thank god it wasn't a gun because also welcome Welcome to texas Texas. right (laughs) um you say that but salvadorians have machetes in their house it's very mm, common mm. (laughs) so like not a hatchet but but actual machete like (laughs) just just a thing (laughs) Nice. Good talk. Well, that's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like every time I'd go over to my friends that are Salvadorian, it's like, oh, and you guys have a machete too. Great. Talk to me after you see Penny Canny. Oh, oh, I will. Talk to me tonight. Remember this moment that we're having. (laughs) After you see Penny Candy, send me a message. I will. And you will know exactly the moment. You'll actually be sitting there watching it, and you'll be like, oh, you will know exactly the moment that happens. Um... But, you know, and I think it was interesting you said, like, colorblind is such a weird word. And, and um, Justin, you wrote an article for the blog, like, almost a year and a half, two years ago, where you talked about colorblindness. And I think that's, I, I actually, like, everybody uses it as, like, this badge of honor, and I think it's a negative thing. Like, I, yeah. I absolutely want you to see my yeah. color. Yeah. I think it's kind of important that you see it. But um, yeah. it's left over from the whole melting pot era. You know, yeah. Not mosaic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. When I grew up in the suburbs, going to elementary school, and you know, it was very much like we're all a melting pot, and it's just kind of out of fashion now. It's we're Mm -hmm. moving forward to where we are, but let's see all this color. Yeah, right. Let it be known, I said the word melting pot two hours ago. (laughs) 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 So thank you for putting me in check. She's like, good like that. She does it all the time. Did, it was she, so she subtle. Was two she hours. Talking, a- she came in and came yeah. out. She didn't even know two hours ago, when I said it, she went, mm. <laughs> and she took note. And she said, two hours from now, I'm going to make a statement. Now try dating me. <laughs> stubby, stubby. <You're> sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> yeah, I do think. I think that's interesting. It does, and also that as a point, right? No one is um, exempt from putting whatever their racism or their isms or whatever their biases mm-hmm. is in, in check. Like, it's not just white people that have to have that. No. Like, everybody yes. has whatever that thing is. I could almost guarantee you that there would be a conversation that someone would say, well, now, were they black or were they Mexican? Like, I can guarantee that that would be a conversation, mm-hmm. right. too. It's not just were they white or were they black or were they white or were they, you know, those things. Um, there's actually a quote that I jacked from Clint Gilbert, so shout out to him, but um, I posted it last week where he said something like, um, basically, if you're, like, you're always recovering from racism. Like, if you are racist, you are always recovering. So there are always things that you have to kind of Ah. keep learning. It's not like, oh, I see the light. Everybody is okay. And then that's it. It's this constant learning and unlearning Mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. When you have conflict in your relationship, when you're arguing Mm -hmm. with your significant other, is there any um, 
difference or something particular that happens when you're dealing with conflict resolution with someone who's not of your race? Hmm. That's a good question. Or is it just us? I mean, I would say for me, it um, it it uh, it all falls on just who like I am as a person and my difficulty with resolving conflict. And I'm, well, you know what? If I want to dig deep, it actually could be a cultural thing um, because Mexican men struggle with that, Mm. Um, you know. And uh, (laughs) I think that I'm better than other other people of my culture in like exp- in and allowing myself here's my thing it's like culturally like you know we have toxic masculinity with everyone but like in mexican culture especially it's like you don't talk about your like your feelings and you you, you just you just you just kind of like keep it in you know okay. yeah you bottle up um, and I am someone that allows myself to feel, I allow myself to cry, and there's no shame in that, but I do struggle with the communication part of it, and I do think that that is rooted in being raised in a Mexican household mm. where, God bless my dad, he does not know how to communicate. He really struggles with it. Mm. Like, I, you know, and sometimes I see him... Sometimes, especially now that he's getting a little older, I see him like desperately making an effort, but it's like on the tip of his tongue. He just, it's hard. Mm. It's hard to, you know, not that it's like I can see, I can see him wanting to hug me goodbye, Mm. but it's difficult for him to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah, you know, yeah. and and I'm not faulting him. Like it's just, it's just, it's how he was raised, and it's and it's hard. Like I see him standing and like wanting to go for the embrace, but not knowing how. Mm. Um, and I think that that is, you know, I think that that has somewhat been passed down. Like not like an embrace is so easy for me, mm-hmm. but when it comes to actually with my intimate partner talking about this is bothering me, this is whatever, then then I do think it becomes difficult. And if I were to trace it back, it probably is rooted in that. It probably is rooted in culturally. Yeah. Men don't talk about this. Mm. They don't talk about their feelings. What about you, Justin? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would echo those sentiments. Um, when it comes to conflict in my relationship and usually the resolve is that i'm always right so um you know, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> nah <laughs> but, but, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> oh, but seriously though i think like the toxic masculinity bit is like could grief i had somebody told me to watch um the mask we live in a couple years back a documentary on netflix and i was doing that for like a you know like a like a talk show sort of um radio program and that documentary messed me up because I saw myself in so much of that like addressing how toxic masculinity has has built up this mask this facade of how men are supposed to act especially in relationships like being the strong one or being the one who who you know allegedly needs to have it all together um and yeah like just the other day my girl basically told me that I, that I need to communicate better, you know? 
She was like, yo, in, in, in a lot of ways, I'm following your lead. So if you ain't telling me this, then I'm assuming I'm left to, you know, sort of sort of scramble through the thoughts in my own head or assume X, Y, Z. And I'm like, dang, okay, okay. So uh, yeah, she sort of called me out on that. Um, and with, yeah, yeah, just with black men, it's like, we, I think there's this aspect of black men looking at our girlfriends and wives as our mother in a way, mm-hmm. um, the one who is supposed to take care of us mm-hmm. um, because we, <laughs> because a lot of black men feel like the world is, you know, against us and not for us. And, you know, this life is hard. And I'm like, yeah, I can get in that bag sometimes, but you know, the, I guess the truth is you're in this life together and it's hard for everybody. Um, so I think that aspect which is a bit distorted for black men to look at their partner as their caregiver, I think I have to step back and be like, okay, I need to sort of adjust what I bring to the table, what she brings to the table and allow us to support each other healthily uh, in that way. So that's, yeah, that's what it looks like for me. Yeah. And you know, and that's, that's, that's really interesting. And you know, that, 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 that is, uh, very true, I think, for for Mexican men as well. The the caregiver aspect, and um, for me, you know, for me and Kylie, it's not you know, it's not completely one sided. You know what I mean? But I think that has been something of an understanding and of a mutual ground that sometimes I think you know she's been to my house and she sees culturally how it is, and I think that she's you know adjusted to have just enough of that. Um, in, in the in the household, whether you know whether it be you know um, just helping helping make you know helping make breakfast while you know while I'm getting ready or whatever it may be, just just small things like that that are reminiscent of what my mom would do mm-hmm. and what Mexican mothers culturally do. Um, so I think that that's been one of the things that we discussed earlier in terms of like an understanding of culture and then respectfully adapting to make both mm. both parties happy. You know what I mean? And like I said, it's not one-sided. It's not like I'm always like, you're always going to cook and you're always going to do the laundry. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, but like, but, but every once in a while it's, it's just, it's just like, oh wow, this is like so comforting, yeah. you know, to, to be mothered because I mean, gosh, Man, my people, we are, you know, we are kings. We are we are kings to our mothers, you know. And 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 the way and the way they treat us and um and every once in a while it's nice to have your partner, you know, kind of understanding that and and you know, just love lovingly giving you some of that at your own home. Hmm. Um, so I've been doing a horrible job at writing down my own questions because I've had so many. Um, and so I'm like sitting here going, I mean, I guess we can wrap up because I don't have anything written down. But I remember two of them. So I'm going to throw um, some things out and I'm going to kind of share where it's coming from, from my point of view, but also um, get your responses. Like, what would you say if you heard someone saying this or how do you feel about this? So um, one of the first things that I want to say is that like, I know a lot of people um, specifically in in the black community on both sides. Um, I was going to say women to men, but it's really on both sides um, where the, the thing is, is like you are dating this white woman and she will never understand what it's like to be black. 
just so it's kind of like that you will never be one of us thing, mm-hmm. but a little different mm-hmm. in that it's like she's not going to understand what it's like to be in the car when you get pulled over. Like I can give you a very specific example when my ex and I were pulled over in East Texas and there was root beer in the car and he was handcuffed. It was legit root beer, but we were pulled over. Um, We were both taken out of the car. I was in uh, school in East Texas. We were both taken out of the car. He was sat on the side of the road. He was like, you guys have beer in the car. And I was like, it's root beer. It's Barks root beer. Um, and we were both seated on the on the side of the road. He's asking all these questions. He's from California, so he's running his license. It was like this big deal. But those types of situations where I've had that experience, even being the white girl um, with my white sounding voice and, you know, whatever I am supposedly afforded by being the white girl, I've had those experiences. And as a white female, you likely have never gone through those experiences, let alone with a black male, let alone seeing, especially with everything on TV, seeing black men being gunned down for whatever small reasons or what have you. So that's one of the things that are that are said, specifically of the interracial relationships. She's never going to understand what it's like. She's not gonna know how to cover you. She's not going to know how to close her mouth in that situation because she can start talking and then like that, situation can turn up way higher than it should. Um, What would you say to people who look at these types of relationships and like, oh, you will never know what it's like to be a minority in this way in America. And so therefore your relationship is kind of, I don't know if I would say, I, I think what they're trying to get out is dangerous. It's dangerous because you won't understand how to maneuver in the world, but you also won't understand how to support your significant other. I think Jordan Peele did a really good job uh, showcasing that and get out mm-hmm. when he got pulled over and his girlfriend mm-hmm. got all uh, white yeah. girl on it. I yeah. loved it and it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I added that for a reason, but I've forgotten it. <laughs> I was just remembering that in my head. Just uh, so please somebody else start talking. <laughs> <laughs> for me personally, I feel like if humans can't understand the plight of other humans, then what are we here for? Um, and, I f- it, well, yeah, you, you can start at a certain level of, oh, I didn't know that was true. But I believe that part of the human experience is growing to understand mm-hmm. someone else. Um, and for me, I'm just like, oh, I'm living in Colombia. You know, I, I knew very little about the culture and the parts of the culture that I did know were very stereotypical and very, um, yeah, very, like, in some cases not true. And I'm understanding the beauty of Colombian culture as I, you know, grow to be open to it and, and, and live it and walk it out. Um, and I think the same sort of approach can take place for people who... Yeah, yeah, for people who are like, oh, yeah, you won't, you won't be able to understand that person because you're not that person. Um, I, would, I, I would have to disagree. Um, yeah, yes, genetically, you can't be that person, but you can support that person. You can listen. You can actively listen. Um, you can not say certain things that add to the detriment of other people. Like if you're in court and you're like, oh, yes, he did this. Like, no, he didn't. Um, but yeah, like I, I think that people can ultimately grow to an understanding, um, especially when it comes to the, you know, their partner and their partner's plight um, or their partner's disposition. 
And is it, I mean, is it a deal breaker? Is it absolutely necessary that you will never, you will never understand? I mean, that's true for a lot of things, mm-hmm. but does it, does it, um, is it more important than all the other things about your relationship that are positive? You know? And that, that's, you know, I've never thought of it that, that way, but like, honestly, if you get down to it, he will never understand what it's like to be a woman. Right. right? right. Okay. You yep. know, yeah. so that's true. if you just look at it in that way, like that, that, you know, mm-hmm. or a that, Texan, I will never yeah. know what it's like to be a Texan. Yeah. yeah. And, and listen, as we have talked about before, Texas is its own. Texas listen, so Texans, Texans love Texas. Love some Texas. So I weird. pledge allegiance to the Texas, <laughs> one right. state, right. under God, under God. indivisible. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I used to tell people that all the time being in Columbia, people would be like, where are you from? And... Like I think Justin Bro. would Justin would say I'm from the U.S. Hell no, say, you say I'm, I'm from, from Texas. Texas. <laughs> also, you get treated a little bit better if also you say Texas drama, yeah, because they, a lot of people don't associate that with the U.S. No, so like I would say Texas, and 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 people would be like, why not say the U.S.? Like they know what the U.S. is, and I was like, nah. I I have never heard someone say, oh really? Where is that? Like no one has ever asked me where Texas is. They no, know where Texas is. Yeah, <laughs> Texas has its own personality. People are like, oh. You know, Tech, yeah. as opposed to saying I'm American. Yeah, right. Like, oh, okay. But yeah, I'm right. Texan. Oh, it's a complete. That's it is true. a complete different That's thing. True. And you're right. It is. It is something that we are. We are born with. It's somewhere yeah. deep down. So you th- sympathize, then you empathize. <laughs> You'll never really get there. But uh, smart <laughs> people right. that have uh, self awareness will figure out. A and they eat their water brand. burger before it moves to Chicago and they <laughs> shut up. Like they, they're like, "Yes, I'm gonna eat my water burger and I'm gonna be quiet." Like, yeah. <laughs> um, the, so the other thing that I have run into recently, like I said, I've never dated outside of my race, but I've never not considered I don't know like I've, I've never even thought about it really if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but um someone brought to my attention with all of the things that I talk about specifically dealing with race that me dating a white man would undermine and it's specifically white now that I think about it like I think it would be an issue if I dated anyone who wasn't black but specifically, if I dated a white man, it would undermine some of the things that I talk about because I am so social justice minded. And it's like, oh, well, you're all about black this, black that, but you're dating a white guy. So, meh. Like, what would be your... Have you heard that before, Justin? Oh, oh heck yeah. Okay. okay. So I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so no, no, you ain't crazy. And that's, and that's some of the pushback that that I would get or that I have gotten um, in my past relationships. Um, it's like, you, you know, well, nowadays in 2019, it sounds like, okay, so you allegedly pro-black, but you dating so-and-so. Like, how does that work? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of like painting the picture that you can lose your black card or that, you know, you have to, you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to be black. Um, and to maintain is, your blackness, yeah, yeah, maintain your blackness, yeah, yeah. Um, like I, a yeah, black will change, but that. different. Like you just go in for maintenance <laughs> or something, <laughs> right? Exactly. Just left in the shop for years. Um, but yeah, like yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, and I've I've been there. Um, I haven't been there so much now, is because you know, again, I'm in I'm in Colombia, and 
I feel like I would get some of that pushback being in the States. Yeah. But I think at the root of it is sort of like this, this cultural preservation. So I think some people would be like, well, how would you raise your kids? Or, you know, what name would you give your children? What would you, what parts of your culture would you share with not only a partner, but, you know, with the people around you um, to in some ways preserve black culture. Um, so, I mean, that, that may be a part of it. And, and, and a, lot, a lot of other parts might just be cynicism. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um, yeah. he just ain't black, so get rid of him. Do you have that um, challenge to whatever your credibility is in being Filipino or Mexican? Like, do you have that challenge to whatever that looks like when you? I don't, I don't, I don't think so at all. Um, uh, or, or maybe, or maybe I, I, I um, haven't experienced it. And if I did experience it, I probably would react very strongly um, what would your reaction to, be? I mean, well, my reaction while you were describing it was, I, I it just sounded like ignorance to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it was upsetting. Mm-hmm. It was upsetting to hear, um, to line up what you, what, what you preach and what you talk about. And then assuming that that closes off an entire race of people or an entire cult. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. it, it sounds counterintuitive to what you're actually saying in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that would that would that would be my reaction to sure. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Justin hit it on the nose when he had said cynicism. Uh-huh. Or, or you know, it's just it that seems so antiquated for mm-hmm. <laughs> for now. And I, you know, I have um, I have six nieces and nephews, and they're Filipino, East Indian, and Cajun. Like, that mm-hmm. is their mm-hmm. m- makeup. And they do all the things. Mm-hmm. They express all their cultures. And they live in Oklahoma. So, they, you know, <laughs> like it's crazy over there at their house. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think it's kind of, it's kind of silly. It's kind of a silly mm-hmm. statement. Yeah. 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 I feel like I've heard it quite a bit. And I, I, would, I would be lying if it didn't. I would be lying if I didn't say I didn't consider that. It would like I like my my initial reaction is is I don't care, right? Sure. So that's my initial reaction and it has been that way for a very long time. My secondary reaction is is I don't want it to be undermined because I think talking or having these kinds of conversations are very important. So the fear that it would be undermined is like well, that sucks. Like, I got to stop talking about it. Like, I can't be black anymore. Like, oh, I'm done being black because I'm dating Chad. I don't know why Chad is my go-to there's white man. There's white. no reason why. <laughs> but also, like, it gives you, I think that gives you more power yes. in your beliefs. You could have both. You can own both. Yes. The, your black girl magic and your experience dating a white man. I get that. It just makes it a bigger field of experience. Mm. I get that and I understand it. And social justice is for all of us, correct? Mm. But Trayvon Martin, to go back, I mean, that that experience is completely separate from just as a whole, the way the world should be in utopian. And I don't, I don't want to say anything for you one mm-hmm. way or the other, but I can understand where in your mind you'd have to really consider that sacrifice. Yeah. You know, to continue. And it's a terrible, horrible reality. And it's, yeah. tr- but I think it's 
truer than us just saying it shouldn't be that way because it shouldn't be that way. We all know it shouldn't be that way. Half the conversation we've had shouldn't be that way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, I would, if I were, if I were in your shoes as well, that's something I would definitely struggle with, and probably I would not. I would care more about the good I am doing, and and focus on that myself personally, yeah. just rather than and say screw it to my happiness. Which is but a hard we're white. We love being martyrs. So. <laughs> Janelle, do you think that people that that have said this to you that it undermines you are, are they mostly black? Uh, yeah. Why do you think that is versus? Um. First of all, it is hot as hell in here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. I I, I don't I don't. I think right now there's such this move to band together yeah. that the second that you break away, mm. it's almost like an offense and that you are weakening the collective. Gotcha. Mm. Um, and I don't know, you know, because I've never been on the side that's made that comment. So I don't, I, I don't really know, mm. but if I were to guess... I think that's what I would think. I think it's like you are, um, it's almost like we can't take you seriously essentially because you've taken the easy road, mm. which goes back to what we talked about like really at the top of, of the conversation that you brought up. Um, old black lady at the at the cupcake house. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. It's now the cupcake house. Um, I don't even know if it was cupcake. Was it cupcakes or it was, was it cake? cake? Oh, it was cake. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I just have cupcake on the brain, but like, um, old lady at the cake at the cake house. Like, it goes back to that where it's like, oh, okay, you broke away. You know, yeah. this light skin. You you already had the easy road by being fair skin and being able to move into um, between these two worlds. But then on top of that, you decided to stay with the easier way. Mm. Um, and so the rest of us are out here struggling mm. and you're not like, I think that's what it is. Is like, there's, there's this weakening of whatever this connection is that we have. And like, finally you have black lives matter. You've got this resurgence of the sixties, right? Sure. So there is that whole period of time where it was black is beautiful. And we were all trying mm -hmm. to look see what this looked like to be in multiracial um, schools and interracial relationships. And there is this kind of like, like, what does this look like now that our worlds have come together? Mm. And then we realize it's not super, super different from the 60s. Mm. Like, we just use different words or, you know, we use different, you know, like, no, it's not segregated. But is it? Like, right, you know, right. like, let's be honest. There is a place. I live in Garland. I've grown up in Garland. As long as I've been, I've been in Garland since like 1980. Dang, I'm legit telling my age the whole episode. <laughs> but like 1980 something, right? So, um, but there is a, there is a place where it's where all the Mexicans are. There's another place where it's where yep. all the Vietnamese are. Yep. There, and, and there are very large populations of these people. Sure. But I know when I cross into that neighborhood where I am. And I knew growing up on the other side of 190 before 190 was like super developed that that's where all the white people are. Like I knew those things. So like, yeah, it was different, but not really. Because we all went to school together, but we all lived differently. 
And so now that we have these groups that are calling attention to all those things, mm. now you decide if you've got to choose sides, you're not choosing us. Well, that makes me, I guess, retract my statement that it's antiquated because it's... it's yeah, when you worded it way, that way, I was like, oh, the way, Yeah, sense. the way 2019 is shaping up, like there's so much racial tension right now mm -hmm. and social injustice and stuff happening that it, it does make sense that we start going back to those mm -hmm. ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. But like how, because I don't think it's super, super unhealthy. Mm -hmm. um, because when I look at the civil rights movement, you know, that's the thing that really even started the podcast was me really digging into what that looked like. And you know, going on the civil rights tour and finding out like what happened in those times and all these little bitty shoot off stories that we don't know about, mm -hmm. the names that we don't know about, the people who aren't Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, right? Yeah. Um, those people um, really digging into that and there is a foundation there of community and culture and a foundation of taking care of your own and that foundation of like, when, you, you know, it's, it's always, you hear it in almost every uh, black comedian's um, stand-up where he's like, well, I got in trouble five times before I got home. And, like, legit, like, mm -hmm. at my, still, like, I was lucky enough to be raised in a very similar community, but that's not common. Like, I think, like, my mama Gina, and I, I don't know if my mom's going to hear this episode, but I was more afraid of my mama Gina than everything else. Like, mm -hmm. Like, I would get in trouble with Mama Gina, and by the, by the time Mom came, I was like, I mean, she would already taken away all my privileges, took the door off the hinges, she would already told, like, 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 you know, I was more worried, like, and that's not an exaggeration. She is known for legit wow. removing doors off hinges. You don't get privileges until you can bring up your grades. You don't, the only door you can close is the bathroom. Like, the, like she was hardcore, so that, that community, there's nothing, like, those are things that I think that we long for. Yeah. But 20 years of not having that, 20 years of laws that put black men in jail more than white men, 20 years of drawing districts so that only black people can get these kinds of houses at this interest rate. And so, like, those things. At that point, when you get to 2019, it's like, well, of course you go with the white guy who has a... 6%, <laughs> you know, <laughs> interest or whatever, like 2% yeah. interest. And I've over here got a 13% interest on my home. Sure. Like, sure, you go with the guy who has great credit. Like, you're not yeah. out here struggling like the rest of us. And then, and I think that then you're, then you're like, okay, I get the struggle just because I'm not, but I can't, hear, but then it's like, I can't hear you anymore mm -hmm. because you don't understand anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I don't know, you know, what to do about that. Like, you know, what what can you do? You can keep white guys are overrated. Don't don't be <laughs> <in this. laughs> white guys are overrated. <laughs> Stick to the struggle. <laughs> no, the heart wants what it wants, and we do crazier things for love than anything else. You know, right? So, who's to say? Who's to say what's yeah. going to happen tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, be true to yourself, right? Isn't that what we're always supposed to do? And we never, we still struggle to do that. So mm -hmm. I think mostly because I feel like some people don't know what self is, yeah. especially right now. It's so hard to figure oh, out what gosh. self is. So, so like, yeah. <laughs> how do you Absolutely. be true to self? Yeah. 
Yeah. Hmm. So I I think we're good for a good solid leaves and takeaways. I don't know if somebody wants to start. Great, Justin. All right. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think some great takeaways. Uh, I think one of you mentioned namesake. Um, Sounds like a pretty cool book. Uh, I think Janelle, you were talking about it. Is you know talking about the intercultural exchange. Um, so I'm going to take that away as well. Uh, Chris, you brought up a very interesting aspect about the family unit um, and how <laughs> I guess American culture, like I don't know, we work that much harder to be away from the family um, to to sort of show our own independence and what that manifests itself in an interracial or intercultural relationship. Um, so I thought that that was not talked about as much as it should. Um, so that was pretty cool. And uh, Olivia, you, were, you mentioned uh, that you are a first generation <clears throat> Filipino American and how that plays into your sort of identity and relationship with, with Jeff. Um, and that's something that I have never had to consider um, as well, because like, you know, Folks were born in the States, my grandparents were born in the States. What happened before that, I don't really know because a little thing called slavery. So yeah, um, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, I think that what this conversation for me is that you guys cover a lot of blind spots that I have um, when it comes to intercultural relationships. So that was, that was pretty dope. Um, and thank all, all four of you um, for that. So with the leave bit, uh, anything I, you know, like basically I want to share or whatnot? Yes. Is, is that, is that what you, um, yeah, just, uh, go get a copy of, uh, Echoes of the Struggle if you haven't already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, um, yeah, other than that, uh, that's, that's, that's all I got. Check out, check out the other episodes, um, of the podcast. I really like the voice episode we brought in the cast. Um, so make sure y'all catch up on the episodes if y'all haven't heard it already. Thanks, friend. I legit forgot that my characters were in a relationship, in a, in a, in a racial relationship until he brought it up. Like, I totally wrote the book, but he was like, yeah, like, you know, you talked about it in, in Echoes. And I was like, oh, <laughs> she was in an interracial relationship. Look at that. I totally forgot. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it. <laughs> what about you? Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, what are, the first one is... Leave or take away. It doesn't matter what order. Okay, I'll go with it. my takeaways is I'm going to watch Spanglish, apparently. Isn't that Adam Sandler? Yeah. It is. And it's yeah. that? Okay. Right, right. It was it was when Adam Sandler was leaving comedy and started to experiment with dramas like Drunk, uh, Drunk Punch, Drunk Love is amazing. Punch, Drunk Love. It was, it was that they were like a year apart from each okay. other. Maybe the, even the same year. Yeah. So I'm going to see Spanglish. Yeah. And The Mask We Live In, that sounds great. Um, one thing that was neat about you all uh, in the room with me and, and you, Justin, is uh, that you all talked about sharing your culture and also how you preserve it and how you share it. Like that's something I want to specifically like think about more actively myself, but then also receive more actively. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's interesting for anyone. Like it's nice to look at it and know that this country was founded in this year and these people moved in and well, you know, like that's, that's all interesting and good to know those facts, but to actually experience it and to share it, I think is something that I'm I've taken away from this myself and uh, something I hope everyone listening to this takes away from it um, is how I mentioned that dating helped me appreciate another cultural more fully. I think 
it's really exciting to learn more about just yeah when you go on a trip to europe or you go on a trip someplace you learn and you immerse yourself and all that stuff but there's nothing like being with someone you cherish and care about and learning their culture learning about a new culture that way and i would suggest people give it a shot if they're if they're worried about it if they're worried about what people will say or not um that's it's silly because you learn about yourself and you learn about other people in a way that you in ways you didn't even know existed so that's all Mm. i don't know i like that good it's interesting that you brought up the culture thing you know and this is its its own topic but you know, when we get into, I think sometimes cultural appropriation can get mm. so muddled because of someone with culture. I'm just like, uh, I, I, I mean, of course, it, it is a real thing. Yeah. yeah. But other times, I'm just like, why are we calling people out for simply enjoying someone's culture? Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I really do. And it gets, I mean, again, it's a whole separate conversation. But when you brought that up, it just, just made me think about that. Because I just, like I said, I firmly believe culture is meant to be shared. And it's mm. a beautiful thing. And when it is shared and it's embraced, uh, so many times people of culture love and their hearts are warmed when they see other people enjoying their culture. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. That's just something that I just wanted to, to bring up. Um, uh, I wanted to leave everyone with uh, with just encouragement of continue to ask yourself questions and continue to ask yourself to look at your dating history and your and your social groups and uh, mm-hmm. and really really go back and dig into if you think there is something deeply rooted in you that is motivating that and um and for you to uh continue to challenge yourself and asking why do i feel the way i do um why am i struggling with this as much as i am um because i think that's the only way that we can grow and the only way that we can keep each other accountable is to ask those questions um and uh my my uh my takeaway really was the the closing statements that you talked about of you know what you what you stand for and what you talk about and the reaction to it when it comes to your dating life and who your social groups are um i had such a uh, a deep reaction to it when you first explained it um, and then when you further explained it it just gave me a lot to munch on um, in terms of understand like you know understanding um, understanding your people and then having someone that might not fully understand it I don't know it, it just it that I'm gonna be thinking about that for a while so I think that was that was my takeaway. For me, um, I guess what well, took away, I guess two main things. First, the the cake lady, mm-hmm. because now telling that story, which I assumed was just about me, my race, and Jeff, and directed towards Jeff. Now hearing your take mm-hmm. on what you think that story meant, and Justin, you guys talked about what it meant to be light-skinned, um, as a black woman, that's to, that kind of blew my mind a little bit because I never really thought to then think about what it meant, what it really meant, maybe. Um, so that was super interesting for me. And then I guess my other takeaway is it's it's nice to be in a room with 
so many non-Filipinos and then realize that so many things are similar. I'll say it. Like, true, truly, so many things are, are similar. We call it a different thing mm -hmm. is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's actually a nice reminder, even though we're talking about so much diversity. It's really, there's a lot of similarities, which is cool. Um, and then as far as what to leave, I, I, I don't know. Good, good job, everyone. I, <laughs> I think you guys all hit, hit um, important things to, to like leave for listeners. Yeah. I would just say, I think, um, so my takeaway, I think, was when you guys were talking about what it was like to share your culture, I think that was such a refreshing way to look at it because of um, my experience of what it would be like to be in an interracial relationship. So um, looking at it from the through the lens of like, oh, I'm sharing my culture, I'm not losing it, um, was such a really refreshing way, I think, to look at it. Um, so that would be my takeaway. And then um, my leave is kind of just on your leave, also looking at it from, for example, if you are one race and you only date one race. So like you're, you were talking about how you ask yourself these questions about like, why is it that I date outside of my race? Mm -hmm. Those same questions can be asked of people who only date in, it, like within your race. So like, why is it that you only date within your race? What do you think that you would be gaining or what do you think you would be lo losing to, you know, to date outside of your race and really kind of asking yourself the question. So just making sure that if I were to leave something, it would be, don't take that question just as one-sided. Also try mm. and turn that question around and ask the question outside of that, I guess outside of that bubble or inside of that bubble, mm -hmm. as the case may be. Um, and so I think that about covers it. Um, so glad you guys came. I hope you guys come back for like another episode because, you know, we enjoy doing this, sitting around. Maybe one day we can do it with drinks and not just coffee. Um, <laughs> Jack would love that. Letting <laughs> You see how he looked at me? He was like, do not get a lot of people in here tipsy and talking. Please don't do it. Right. Um, <laughs> but thanks so much for joining us. Uh, create hope, forge a path, change the world. We will see you the next episode. Bye.